We're at the point now, we don't get nervous, we get ready. Open the door, we kick the door down and we let other women through the door. You're listening to Kicking Down the Door, a Hawthorne podcast showcasing the powerful people and stories within women's football in the brown and gold. Just before we jump into this episode, we wanted to touch on some exciting news announced by the AFL. Today, on Thursday the 13th of May, the AFL greenlit further expansion of the AFLW competition to include all clubs by its eighth season. But Hawthorne is committed to fast-tracking its AFLW licence and will kick down the door to enter the competition by Season 7, which will commence at the end of 2022. For now, let's jump back into the podcast. Welcome to Episode 4 of Hawthorne's podcast series, Kicking Down the Door. I'm your host, Steph, and this episode I have a special guest joining me who came to the Hawks at the start of the 2021 season. She holds a very unique and important role as one of the team's runners on field. Welcome to the podcast, Ainsley Kemp. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure to have you. Ainsley, I feel like we have to quickly touch on the girls' win um, last weekend. They had a 62-point win against Darabin. How was it on game day? Were we ecstatic um, when the final siren went? Yes, of course. Um, I think it was finally one of those games where things started to click. Um, Our game plan uh, starting to actually get some momentum and... Um, playing to our strengths and I think the girls have a lot more confidence now because we've had a we've copped a few losses but quite narrow losses so getting that win and having a big one has really like upped our confidence. And I believe we are still a chance for finals moving forward into the VFLW season. Do you reckon we can get there? I reckon if we put in and have a red hot crack, we will be flying, Um, especially after the win on the weekend. Again, like I said, the girls kind of understand how the game plan works now and promotes a lot of scoring. So that's the one thing (laughs) that we kind of need to focus on. But yeah, I think with such a a mixture of young girls learning off the uh, new new AFLW girls who are coming in each week um, there's a bit of a healthier balance so being able to learn off those and try and play to our strengths and hopefully yeah the next what four games I think we have left yeah um, yeah we'll hopefully get into the finals. Now you started at the Hawks uh, this season you've come in as one of our runners can you tell us a bit about yourself and I guess how you came into the world of footy from the beginning? Oh rightio uh, so starting back when I was nine um, I was out at Trentham Football Club if anyone knows where Trentham is it's this cold little place that grows potatoes and <laughs> um, and there was this one particular game where my uncle, who was president at the time, I think he might even still be, um, they needed numbers. And so I just kind of jumped in and there was, a, I think, one other girl playing at the time. And we basically, like Trentham, we were renowned for not having the greatest team, but we had a lot of spirit. <laughs> so Spirit's what spirit, Yeah, literally. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so then I think we kicked one point that day and I was the one who kicked the point. So I was pretty much hooked from then on and I think I played, yeah, five seasons at Trentham and once I turned 13, I wasn't allowed to play anymore. And then I went to basketball for a bit and then... And when you say you weren't allowed to play anymore, is that because there wasn't any opportunity 
for your age group or a league that suited your ability or chose not to play injury riddled? Oh, oh, luckily I wasn't injury riddled at 13, but (laughs) (laughs) can't say that now. But um, no, so there was no pathway at the time. There there was in the more metro regions, um, but unfortunately me as a country gal didn't have a lot of those opportunities and... um, which is why I kind of switched to basketball because uh, the opportunities were there, but I didn't. I'm not really passionate about that sport. So um, I guess once I got a bit older, and I think two years later, we made our own team in in Kyneton, where I'm from, and then we kind of joined the Bendigo Junior Football League, and then from there, there was always a pathway. So it's nice to see girls now playing with under 12s and under 16s and 18s, and now they have a bit of a vision and a pathway to elite footy if they wanted to. And when you were at Kyneton, I believe you played three seasons there and won three best and fairest. Can you confirm or deny if that's true? Look, I'll confirm that one. (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah, so I guess the Kyneton Footy Club helped us kind of then go into uh, like the interleague. So we'd have our Bendigo um, interleague and then we, from that, we'd have our TAC teams, which was the kind of the Initially, when I started, there was only three. So it was Sandringham, North Ballot Rebels, which I played for, and Calder Cannons. Um, and now there's, what, 10 or 12 now or something like that. It's something crazy. Um, and then, obviously, from that, you could get selected into, like, Vic Country or Vic Metro, um, depending on your region. And that's kind of when I was like, oh, yeah, I, I love footy. I want to do this. You know, footy is really hard. And um, kind of learnt about how you can kind of... I don't know, like I saw more of a pathway then and then the announcement from the AFL came saying that we were going to start a AFLW league in 2020 at the time and I was like, oh yeah, I'll be 23. So yeah, be great. Like I have plenty of time to get there and then I think I was in year 11 or 12 and they ended up saying, oh, 2017's the go. And I thought, oh, God, better kick into gear here. Yeah. <laughs> better, better get fit. And yeah, and then... Um, moved down to Melbourne and played at VU Western Spurs and then yeah ended up at Melbourne which was nice. Fantastic considering you had your eyes on that AFLW journey um, and really wanted to secure a spot on a team there. Can you take us back to the day you got drafted? I guess what emotions were running through you at the time? Yes oh that day best and most scary day of my life I guess I was I was lucky enough to be invited um, to the draft so I had a feeling that I was going to get drafted but then as the rounds go on you're kind of you know oh am I gonna get picked like I've this is such an awkward situation <laughs> I dressed up and everything yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was like oh no um, but yeah luckily I got picked up in the 11th round um, for the D's and it was just honestly a huge relief and I hadn't really had much communication with the club so I wasn't sure whether I was gonna even go a bit to taken back, but yeah I was like know. oh okay that, that's not what I was expecting but like yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm gonna roll with it and then yeah from there it just a bit of relief and then all of a sudden I was absolutely terrified because I knew that <laughs> I had a lot of hard work ahead of me to play some good footy and what was your first season um, with Melbourne like how did you find the experience moving into a professional club what was really different about the whole scenery and environment 
Um, I guess just the level of professionalism. I think coming from um, like a more of a broken pathway, I would say I was able to get through on my talent and I hadn't really developed the discipline for, you know, your strength and conditioning side and um, like I'd never had a full pre-season before. So going into the AFLW pre-season, I was gassed. Like I, I think I ended up getting down to like 62 kilos. And if you know my build, that is... It's too light. It's so light, and um, so I like I didn't know how to eat right. I didn't know like many of those normal kind of things that a lot of the girls who have uh, kind of been through the VWFL and have had success there, um, I just didn't really know how to kind of get my body right. And yeah, that was a massive shock to the system. But at the same time, I learnt those values, and then I managed to once I kind of got them under my belt I managed to play um, some games at the end of the season and my debut against Carlton which yeah, was interesting which was a really close six point win at Casey yes. so how yeah. was that experience oh I was terrified I think I don't know what it was I think I was emergency the week before and part of being an emergency you bit devo. it's getting real yeah like you're a bit devo that you're not playing but then also you still get the same ex- experience as the girls who are playing so you had a bit had a bit of a practice run but nothing can prepare you to, for your first match in, at that league. And we knew that Carlton were going to be a good side and I don't think I touched the ball until the second quarter. And then, I don't know what happened, but in that in the last quarter I managed to like, oh, okay, no, we can win here. And then I had a couple of good moments and then luckily we ended up winning. So... Even yeah. better when you, <laughs> when, even better when you get a win on your debut game. Oh, just yeah. a fairy tale ending. Yeah, it was. And you went on to play um, back-to-back games for the rest of that season at Melbourne. How did you find that? Like the toll it had on your body, I guess. Um, you know, you obviously were rewarded for playing really well. How did you find going back-to-back with a few AFLW games? Yeah, I think the one thing that is needed in AFLW is like consistent games so like if you're in and out of the team and then you're playing like VFLW or something like that like being able to build on each game you get a lot more confidence um, and you start understanding your role in the team Um, so I guess in I think we played Fremantle in the last in the in the last game of that season and literally everything started coming together and we had an we had a big win and um, you just you felt more a part of the team and you're like oh I actually belong here you know I'm playing well I'm trying to do all the right things and you're getting rewarded with games but again it's only it was only a seven round season so yeah um, I think yeah getting that consistent footy in was a massive factor the following year in your second AFLW season you unfortunately sustained an ACL injury what was running through your mind at the time obviously it's a, a big shock to the system and a lot to take in yeah uh, I guess that was kind of the first major heartbreak in my football career um, and at that time I didn't really know like I knew what an ACL kind of was and what it did but I just kind of was like oh it's not going to happen to me like but um, unfortunately it did it happened at an optional training session in our Christmas break um, and around a, a lot of like I think there was three coaches there and like maybe 12 girls and it was pretty hard because um I didn't really know what it meant for my footy and um I think I had a scan that that night it was just like your typical turn and and just kind of fall to the ground (laughs) very dramatic um 
Um, so I had my scan that night and all the girls kind of stayed around and supported me through that, which I thank them yeah. for. Um, but yeah, once I kind of got told the news and then knew that that meant surgery and 12 months out of the game, I was absolutely distraught. Um, but again, like I was trying to put a positive spin on it. Like I feel like I try and be a positive person in these situations, but there were a lot of things that I was not aware of yeah. um, heading into it. And I think those that kind of you know, made it a lot harder. Of course, a lot of uncertainty yeah. going into the situation. Did you play with any other girls that had suffered a similar injury? Yeah, there was a few um, that we hadn't had any ACL ruptures at that time. So I kind of, oh, I kicked off the domino effect on that. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> but um, but I, there are a lot of, there are a few girls there. And um, so they kind of reached out and supported me through it, which was really necessary I would say and and was very thankful for them but at the same time like everyone's experience is so different um so I guess like it was just something that you kind of had to truck through and try and stay as positive as possible and unfortunately I guess the next 12 months or so didn't get too much better as you came back but then you sustained (laughs) another uh, injury trouble there how challenging of an injury is the ACL one yeah, it's. Uh, let me answer this. Um, I guess it's just one of those. We, if we knew how to prevent them and how to kind of you know rehab them properly, that's what we'd be doing, and we'd see so much less. But it's just, I think, what I've kind of learned is that no matter what you kind of do, there's always going to be a risk until we figure out exactly what causes them, which we don't. <laughs> but um, I think. It's just heartbreaking because you, you, it's one of those injuries where you put in so much effort and, you know, it, it, it takes up so much time out of your life and so much heartbreak, so much commitment, but it just kind of happened again and I was really not happy about yeah. it. Yeah, it takes a lot of toll on your yeah. character. Yeah. And I guess what uh, strategies or initiatives did you try and put in place to overcome it both physically and mentally um I think in my first rehab uh, it was I pushed through a lot of pain and um and like even like mental pain like you you push through it because you're like oh that's right like I'll get back to playing footy and then it'll be worth it and then when I got back you know I wasn't really playing my best footy I I had not much confidence in my body and then I ended up doing it again I was like well this is bull beep like (laughs) this this is ridiculous like I was just kind of getting on a roll and then all of a sudden I'm I'm back to square one like this is not fair Um, and I opted for my second rehab to be um, non-surgical just because I was quite stable and um, unfortunately that same game I hurt my uh, ankle really badly so I was focusing on that so the knee didn't get much to LC Um, but yeah so I just kind of I guess had to change and shift that way of thinking um, of all the things that I couldn't do because I I was so uh, protective of my knee the first time and then the second time around I was like stuff this like 
I'm going to go to work. I'm going to I'm not going to leave, you know, 2 hours early and miss out on that pay. I'm not going to like I'm not going to miss out on different events because I I need to do my rehab. Like I'm going to make my rehab work for me rather yeah. than make me work for my rehab just because it it really got to me. Yeah. Not let it consume your whole yeah. life. Yeah. And it it did. Like that that first like time around like I genuinely I believed in everything that I was doing I was making sure that I was doing all my exercises you know you got old icing and resting and everything and then for that not to work I just I had a massive like my belief in it just completely shifted and so I thought oh let's take a different approach like I'm going to try and enjoy it like I'm not playing footy I can't play footy so I may as well try and enjoy all the things that I can do that's not footy Um, and to be honest like I came into that third season and I was probably the most confident that I'd been and I was really coming into my own um, in, with my personality and um, you know my belonging at the club again I was like okay you know I'm starting to really think you know I could be like a you know integral part of this team and then and then the next part was played two games and then I did my other knee so that wasn't great <laughs> and you were I do think you have a really positive outlook on it because just off the mic earlier you told me that one of these injuries <sighs> happened on Valentine's Day and I have to get you <laughs> to tell everyone what your thought was happening on oh. Valentine's Day. Yeah, so for my third ACL, my left one, um, it was Valentine's Day and I'm pretty sure my teammates were sick of me having to break the news to them that I'd done my knee again. So I tried to make it a bit funny and um, I did the old uh, roses are red, violets are blue, it's another ACL and an MCL too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we get a great rhyme yeah. out of it, that's the main thing. You know what, that was probably one of my best comedic moments, but at the same time, it's how you cover up your trauma. So. <laughs> <laughs> well look, as, as one door closes, another one opens. Um, tell us how you came to the Hawks and how you crossed paths with the club. Yep, um, so... I unfortunately got delisted from the D's after my third ACL and had a bit of a identity crisis, I would As say. As we all do. We all do. We all know. go through those stages. Yeah, you think footy's going to be there forever, but, it, you know, not always. Um, and so I knew that footy has always been an important part of my life not only just for like fitness and all that stuff but socially like it's something I love being a part of and um, I'm a kind of person who likes to know lots of different people and I was looking for a team and there was a couple of teams that approached me one of them Hawthorne um, and I don't know like I spoke to Beck on the phone and I just really agreed with everything that she was saying about the establishment of the AFLW team and the approach that they were going with that and I just kind of thought this is a great opportunity and you know Hawthorne has been very supportive of you know their women's teams and I just thought let's do it and now here I am. (laughs) How did you get the opportunity to I guess specifically be a runner? A runner. Um, Well I guess one of the things that I did say to Beck was how I I didn't want to play. Um, Didn't want to play this season basically um, but I do have a lot of knowledge of the game and um, I knew that at the time Hawthorne had a very young kind of uh, inexperienced side and I thought well the best thing to be able to be involved with that is to being around the girls and Beck said to me well you could be our runner I was like oh you know 
you've got to be really, really fit to be a runner. But, um, you know, I'll work on it. I'll get there. <laughs> but, yes. Goes to the gym Yeah, that goes night. to the gym. I'm like, well, let's try and run a little bit. But um, so initially when I got here, I wasn't training or anything. And then um, then now it's kind of a part of my rehab in a way. So I try and get my Ks up. But, um, yeah, I guess I just want to really be around the girls and – I feel like I'm pretty good at making connections with people and being able to address issues throughout the game and finding a, a way that a, a player will respond to it um, is quite challenging, but um, being a part of the group as well makes that a lot easier. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's kind of yeah. that's kind of the answer. Like. Yeah, and for those who maybe aren't really well-versed on what, um, being a runner entails I guess you're the primary communicator I would think <laughs> between the coaches coaches box interchange bench and the players can you describe what happens on game day and what your routine is um, yeah sure so luckily now we have two runners um, so so you're not doing all the heavy it's running not, yeah <laughs> it's not just me so shout out to Stiffy um, she runs the rotation so she'll go out and like tell the girls when they're on and off and make the on-field changes um, mine's a bit different um, I'll be receiving messages from the coaches or um, other players as well from the players to the coaches and some of them aren't quite positive (laughs) comments so you have to find a way to spin um, the messages to the player so that they're aware of what's going to happen and answer any questions that they might have Um, so yeah basically just being that little buffer from the coaches to the players and then the players to the coaches, but trying to make sure it's effective. A very integral role. I think you've got to do a lot of quick thinking as to how you can spin some of those comments. Spinning out. a spray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. The girls have been – I think the best part is the girls are like sponges. They are so um, – they're ready to learn and they're willing to kind of do whatever they can to be a part of the club and especially with a lot of the – um, new ins with the AFLW girls coming back um, even more so they want to learn and better themselves so anything you kind of say out to them on the field they're more than willing to soak up and apply that. And what do you think the biggest challenges are about being a runner? Um, not oh, I think the hardest part as a runner but also as a past player is running away from the football <laughs> not trying to run towards it I um, love that it's yeah. a very honest answer oh I guess um, trying to get to the mids in a contest is quite difficult and then trying to figure out how you're going to convey a message to the specific player that's on the other side of the field but you don't really want the opposition to hear it so trying to get out there and not give away a free kick that's really the do you have part. any uh, I guess hand gestures or oh. morse code that you're doing <laughs> on field when that situation arises oh I guess the good old I don't know there's a lot of hand gestures that go on but probably not as much that I can think of I'll try and get out to them give him a tap on the back but that's really yeah. much all I do would you say what you enjoy most about the role is that connection piece to the players and the coaches and being a part of the team? Yeah, I yeah, 100% still feel a part of the team and I think also as a as a player you kind of kind of understand how a player is on the field is thinking in that time. So if something doesn't quite match, like if I was to run out to someone and say something that Beck or one of the other coaches has said to me, I'd be like, "Well, they might" 
quite understand that because I know that they're thinking about this or you know you ask them how they're going and they're like oh I did this because of that and you're like okay however then we need to think of it this way so it's trying to find the most efficient way of like communicating to them with them being able to understand it on the field immediately and make that change which is difficult but it's very enjoyable what have you made of your season at the Hawks so far how have you found the whole experience being at the brown and gold brown and gold no it's been really good I think I don't know I just really agree with the way that um, they're approaching you know trying to get a license and um, just like the general culture of the club Um, I think they're very receptive in allowing people to be unique and um, they they fit people into their culture rather than creating a culture that players must fit in. I think that's really important to feel like you belong at a club. Um, and I guess that it's something that because we're establishing something so new, um, the feedback and everything is always taken on board and it's they genuinely want to you know put their foot in the door for this for these licenses and moving ahead and I just think yeah I just really agree with that I think you know feedback is key and they're they're hoping to you know create something that is kind of everlasting yeah and what's been a highlight for you this season at the Hawks I think each individual's development is something that's really uh like that I've kind of noticed a lot we obviously haven't had a lot of wins, but the the losses that we've had have been really narrow. And like what I was saying before is we're not far off and the girls are really starting to believe that now. And they're noticing that, oh, the game plan works. My strengths really do fit into this game plan. And seeing how all like the girls are starting to really fit into that is really exciting because I know at the start of the season there was a lot of uncertainty about like oh am I going to play or you know am I going to be able to fit into this team and whoever has stuck with it and have has done well with it they're playing and they're you know an integral part of the team and I think that's really important. And finally Ainsley what are your hopes and aspirations for your future in footy? Um, so my hopes and aspirations would be probably just be like getting back into the game. Um, I would ideally love to play. I'm just not quite there. We'll get there the one moment. day. We'll get there one day. Um, but I guess I just want to be around to see the competition uh, blossom. And I think we are definitely getting there. It's going to take a few more rounds of expansion for us to be able to um, really put on the show that all, I think every player who's played AFLW can envision. Um, we're already kind of seeing the increase in skill level each year um, and the, ex- the expectations rising though, so that's really difficult for players. They've got... It's hard each, to catch up yeah, so as it goes on. Each year there's, you know, expansion or something like that and so the skill level still kind of improves every year but the expectation is still overriding that and as a player that that's quite stressful um but we're gonna get there and that's one thing that I really 
like I aspire to be around when that happens and you know every person who has something negative to say about it can yeah they can turn around yeah they can they can be like oh but we can be like I told you so you know like we believed in it like you need to do it as well but um yeah I just want to be around to I guess have it a system where the pathway is completely like solid we've got great um, people in lots of influential roles and just opportunities for anyone who wants to be involved well we love that attitude at the hawks and ainsley you're definitely an asset that the club is so grateful to have it's been a pleasure getting to know you and thank you for being so open and honest about your injury troubles thank you so much for joining us for this episode of kicking down the door thank you so much for having me go hawks coming off a strong win against darabin last week Hawthorne's VFLW team are looking to go back-to-back this Sunday as they take on North Melbourne at Box Hill City Oval. Be there in your brown and gold gear as the girls take to the field at 3.30pm following the Box Hill Hawks VFL match. If you can't make it to the game, you can follow Hawthorne FCW on Twitter for live tweets and commentary across the match. If you enjoyed this interview and would like to learn more about Hawthorne's VFLW team, you can find more exclusive content at hawthornefc.com.au and across the club's social media channels. This episode of Kicking Down the Door is brought to you by Nathan Hawkins and the team at Builder Registration who have come on board as a VFLW player sponsor for 2021. We would like to thank them for their ongoing support and contribution to Hawthorne's VFLW program. You've been listening to another episode of Hawthorne's podcast series, Kicking Down the Door. We hope you've enjoyed this episode with Ainsley Kemp and make sure to tune in next time. Go Hawks!